Hello, hello again. The boys are back, and this time to talk the NFC South. And uh, we wouldn't be uh, we wouldn't be talking the NFC. We couldn't talk the NFC South if we didn't have our master Kurt in the house. So uh, our uh, our biggest Bucks fan out of our group, he's going to drop some knowledge on uh, everything Tampa Bay. And then, of course, you got Newman again, who's uh, definitely probably going to correct me another 47 times. So um, let's kick this thing off. We're covering the NFC South with the reigning Super Bowl champs. Um, Like we always do, we're going to go team by team. Uh, We're going to give predictions on where we think they finish, uh, record prediction, and then go over fantasy uh, players team by team to maybe help you out because it is draft season. I have a draft coming up this weekend. I'm flying down to Florida next weekend for a draft. So, um, you know, this is definitely the time to be making your big board and figuring out who to uh, who to draft and who to stay away. So, like I said, let's start with the trash pile um, that is in the Georgia capital, Atlanta. Uh, Newman, what are your thoughts on the new regime there? Um, can they uh, can they turn things around with uh, with Arthur so, Smith there at uh, at the helm? So, yeah, so just a level set here. The NFC South is going to be playing the NFC East and the AFC East, which is not the most difficult um, slate of division matchups for you. Um, the Falcons finished last year 4-12. and 12. Uh, Vegas has them at 7.5 wins this year. Uh, and Shark Football has them as the 15th easiest schedule with the extra game coming against the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, for me, yeah, I mean, Arthur Smith, he looked like he was a pretty good coordinator What from what he did in Tennessee the last few years. They could score um, points, right? Like, yeah. And, and Atlanta doesn't have defense. So if they just want to turn things into a track meet, then Arthur Smith's probably the right coach to go with. Well, yeah, their defense is flat out awful. Like um, there's not a whole lot of team, a lot of players on this defense that would even be starters anywhere else in the league. Um, their quarterback is Matt Ryan, who is in my opinion, pretty average, uh, some people still like to think that he's above average. I don't think that he was really above average except for maybe one or two years in his career. Um, but behind him with AJ McCarron's injury this week, uh, their depth is an issue for now. Uh, they may wind up signing a veteran. We'll see. Um, their wide receiver core is pretty weak. It's Calvin Ridley and a whole lot of not much else. Um, their running backs, Mike, they bring in Mike Davis from Carolina last year, who I think is pretty solid. He'll be fine. Um, but behind him, they're a little bit, you know, kind of just some guys. Uh, and then they invested their number four overall pick uh, in Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida, who, you know, if they feature him as a wide receiver, that may help the wide receiving core. But this kid's not going to come in here and be able to block like that. Yeah, especially tight end. with especially with Hayden Hurst there. Right. Like Hayden Hurst is going to be the guy actually lining up on the line. And Kyle Pitts isn't going to be anywhere near the line. You, you, you don't put a draft capital that high in a high contact area like he's he's practically a slot wide receiver. Yeah, he's right. there to be offensive weapon. One hundred percent. I mean, he's listed third in the depth chart on tight ends. Uh, on their official depth chart right now for 2021. Uh, yeah, like Newman said, don't matter. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, but we know at this point that he is going to be used as a primary offensive weapon. He's not going to be staying in there and blocking like Rob Gronkowski or anybody of that nature. No. He, he's going to be lined up in the slot. They're going to be looking for him in man-to-man with the linebackers. And, you know, I think with the talent that he showed, uh, not only at Florida, but also in the combine, which, you know, could also you could also argue means jack shit. Uh, but I think he could be used well uh, with Arthur Smith and, and Matt Ryan, especially because I think they're going to be down most of the season and they're going to be chucking the rock a lot. Oh, Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the other thing about this team that I don't like is their offensive line is really not that good. So they lose um, they lose their starting center, Alex Mack, to San Francisco, and they don't really make an effort to really replace him. Um, and then let's be real, their offensive line wasn't exactly that great to begin with, right? So to me, this is but Matt Ryan's so mobile. I mean, a, you know, recipe he's... for disaster. You've got no depth behind your quarterback. You've got a bad offensive line. Um, one injury to Matt Ryan, and this could be the worst team in, in the NFL. Well, they've um, got no depth at running back either. I mean, they got right. Mike Davis, but the next bit behind him is Cordero Patterson listed. So, I mean, yeah. it, it, it's crazy. Right. So, I mean, do, do any, does anyone have this team finishing above uh, – beating their projected seven and a half wins. I can't believe it's seven and a half Newman. Yeah. Like that name, that, that name, that number should be five and a half, like right. six, six, if they want to be courteous, I think this team, you know, with that additional game, they won four last year. Right. I think they're the same team. So do they win? I think five they're worse. this year. They lose. Um, I, think, I think they're they, worse. They lose Julio Jones. They lose Alex Mack. They lose, um, what's his name? Uh, Tack McKinley, right? So, like, to me, this is only a team that's gotten worse. I don't see where there's been any improvement unless you say that Arthur Smith is that much better of a coach than Dirk Cutter in terms of the offensive stuff and uh, Dan Quinn overall. Like, I mean, you guys are a little burnt with, with Dirk Cutter. I mean, we understand. Well, I mean, we understand in, the animosity there. All right, all right. Dirk, Dirk Cutter's been an above-average offensive coordinator how many years in his career? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't answer that question. Exactly. So, I mean, let's let's skip the rest. Uh, uh, Do you guys have any other points that you need to make on the team, or should we just go to fantasy here? I mean, I I don't think they're. I don't yeah. think they're one of the worst teams. I think Detroit's worse than them. Um, I have you know, two wins, man. I think Cincinnati is worse than them. I do think they get to four or five wins. Uh, you know, I, I think they're going to hover right around that. Um, I've but, got them at four. I got them at yeah. four. So I mean, just like we said, I think we're going to be a little bit worse. Which another loss on the t- on the column uh, with that extra game this year. So. Two wins, Newman. Gee, so do you do you think they're worse than the Lions and the Bengals? I think, I think worse than the Bengals. Bengals. I don't think yeah. they're worse than the Lions. Like I said, I think the Lions could go um, winless. So, I mean. What about Houston? Are they worse than Houston? No. Houston's um, the worst team in the league, right? I, but, I, I kind but, of. So, I mean, but the, they don't get to play Houston or Detroit, correct. you know? So, yeah. they do have to play the Jets. I have the Jets beating them. Um, so do and I. Then, and then they'd have to play Jacksonville, and I actually have Jacksonville beating them. So, so do I. I mean, if you give them either one of those games, then actually they do get to play Detroit, and they beat Detroit. There's your two wins. But where else are they finding wins on their schedule? Like, I don't see it. Philadelphia, maybe? Yeah. Opening week one? Like, possibly? So, I mean, potentially, there's somewhere in between two and four wins on this schedule. I don't think that they win a division game, though. 
No, so I think we all agree they're going to be largely irrelevant uh, in the competitive uh, NFC. Where I think they're intriguing is fantasy. I mean, I think I think this is a team that, again, because there's going to be yards and touchdowns to be had on this team. So as irrelevant as the team is, they are very relevant uh, across multi- other than running back um, in, in every other position. So, yeah, I mean, let's start there at the top of the draft. Uh, Calvin Ridley is uh, going 13th overall, wide receiver five. I think he has a chance to finish wide receiver one. Like there Whoa. is potential, there is Whoa. potential for just an insane amount of volume there. Uh, we've seen something similar out of Julio Jones. Um, you know, when there's a, not a lot of other guys to catch passes, I think he could get as high as three. I think, I think three is his ceiling. I don't think he gets above Ty Freak with Watkins leaving or Adams with what Rogers is going to do this year. So, but well, I, I do agree with you. They're going to be chasing points though, right? Because we said their defense is bad. Like Green Bay has a decent defense that may keep down what Adams needs to do in terms of uh, being relevant on offense. They may try to, you know, work some of the other receivers in um, and run the ball more, right? Whereas Atlanta is going to be chasing points. This defense is really bad. So I, I'm not saying that he's going to finish wide receiver one. I'm saying there's a chance. Ceiling, ceiling. No, I get it. My, my only argument there with Calvin Ridley is just, isn't he going to draw most of the defensive attention at this point? He's definitely going to be guarded by the number one cornerback on that team. Definitely going to be drawing the double team or this high safety over the top. And I think it's going to be Kyle Pitts. You know, Hayden Hurst in that range and Matt Ryan, if you want to talk about fantasy, you know, a quarterback that you can get way, way late in a lot of the drafts for sure that could be putting up big time points when they're going from behind. I mean, he's proven to put it up just from his numbers last year. The Falcons and Dolphins had a combined practice and Calvin Ridley was being covered by Xavier Howard, who pretty much all of us considered to be a top five corner in the league. And he was absolutely torching him. So, I mean, yes, he That's will be single coverage, not double yes, coverage. I'm sure that there will be some times where he faces some double coverage, but, but they're going to still force the ball into him is what my point is. They're going to find ways to get him. We think that Arthur Smith's a good offense coordinator. They're, those guys tend to be creative. He'll find ways to get, you know, Calvin Ridley, his best offensive player, the ball in his hands to some degree in every single game. And he's going to have some big, big weeks. There's a chance that he finishes wide receiver one. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think there's a chance now to touch on your point of Matt Ryan. Um, if, as long as he's healthy, uh, I think he's a good volume play because we think he, they're going to be chasing points. So he's going to be chucking it. And we've seen Matt Ryan when he has to chuck it finish as, you know, top five quarterback before uh, currently going as quarterback 14 per fantasy pros. Um, I think Mike Davis is a solid number two running back in RB2 for you fantasy-wise. Going at, as He showed he can catch the ball. I mean, he showed yeah. he's not just a bruiser. I mean, that's right. if that's he's, that's something that I didn't think he had. He, he's a three-down running back. Um, he's going RB22, 55th overall. So you're looking at him in the fourth, fifth round range. I think that's fine um, for where he's at. Uh, you know, I don't think that I would reach too far for him. Um, but you can't let him get too much farther down that line. And then I think the biggest question realistically in fantasy is um, Kyle Pitts. Like where is an appropriate place to select Kyle Pitts currently going as tight end six, 56th overall. And, you know, we all think he's going to get a lot of targets, I guess. Right. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I believe I mean, so. They, they don't have a number two wide receiver. In my mind, he is their number two wide receiver. I mean, he's going to be number two in targets. Without yeah. a doubt on that team. 
So, so I mean, where, where do you think his tight end six is too low for him? Is it too high? I do. I do. I think it's, I think it's too low. I, I, I have him as number four again. So okay. that's not too much higher. Um, but yeah, so, I, I think so where would you draft him? Man, I never draft tight ends high. So I, I think tight ends are probably the, you know, closest margin within, you know, within after you go after the top one or two. Unless you're getting um, Kelsey every year. Yeah. I mean, he's going 56 overall right now. So just behind Mike Davis, uh, right around that same range. Obviously, you're probably not going to I would never spend a top five round, a top a top five pick. In, in, so, I don't know, sixth, seventh, I would never take a tight end there. But that's probably if I were where I'd be comfortable with outside of the first five rounds. Well, so do you think that there's like tight end is always a position that is extremely you know, th- the last couple of years, it has been very top heavy. You know, you have a, a couple like top three realistically right right now. Uh, Kelsey, Waller and Kittle are, are the clear top three. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, you've got, you know, Andrews, Pitts and uh, Hawkinson really going in this t- four, five, six range um, in whatever order you want to put them in. So, I mean, but after that, it becomes kind of murky. Uh, so is this not a year to consider maybe get grabbing that, that sure top, you know, tight end production there in not round me. five? No, not me. I mean, I again, I, I don't know if I touch him at five. Okay. So you guys are going to probably not have much Kyle Pitts on your team. No, I, uh, I'm going to listen to your article. Um, you yeah. wrote a fantastic article, um, that just showed rookie, uh, rookie tight end statistics. They just never live up, uh, to what the hype is going to be. We covered that in our post draft pod and you got, I drank your guys's Kool-Aid that, that all made too much sense. So, um, yeah. I think he's going to be overvalued and I don't think his projection, he's going to come close to what he's projecting. Um, the one saving grace for him, I, th- I think he will be pretty, you know, pr- a target in the red zone. So he'll probably score some touchdowns and he's going to get a lot of target volume. Uh, the question is whether or not he's going to actually be able to, you know, capitalize on that volume and turn it into production. So to me, this is a guy that, you know, tight end six is too high for me. I don't want to take him there. Um, I'm, you know, I'm sure if I'm, you know, playing in multiple leagues, there may be a league or two where I, where I stash him just in, just in case, but Pretty much, this is in order to actually live up to this. It's not the tight end I'm taking on this team. I think Hayden yeah. Hurst's stock has been hugely hit because now everyone who doesn't follow as closely as us and our listeners see this guy as a tight end too. No, he's yeah. still a, the starting tight end, and you can probably grab him in the in the early double digit rounds. Um, you know, that's that's the tight end on this team that I'm looking for because uh, I think he can probably reproduce what he did last year. And you know, get him three, four, five rounds later than you and you had to grab him last year. Well, so that, that's the good thing about Pitts is that he does have that wide receiver option, you know, where he can be in different offensive sets and he's not limited. You know, he can go back yep. and forth, and it's very similar to Evan Ingram. And if he if he didn't have so many drops last year, Evan Ingram really could have had a huge season. I don't know what was up with that, but he definitely had an issue with that. Uh, with dropping the ball last year. But I think Kyle Pitts uh, adds that value where he's in the third down sets, third and longs, uh, things that we saw like Jimmy Graham and those types of sets as well. Um, but Hayden Hurst, when it's third and long, we, he might not be seeing the field. He might be off the field. Uh, yeah, that's valuing a good point. more wide receiver or he might be sets. blocking. 
or he might be blocking exactly. them third exactly. third because it's, their offensive line is bad. It's trash. Exactly. Ooh, that that screams nice little eight yard check down for me, baby. So blocking block that one point eight points. Sorry, <laughs> on, Hayden. I know on, we, on third and fifteen. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, other than that, on this offense in terms of fantasy, I think that uh, Gage is a, is a wide receiver. He's wide receiver fifty six, one forty two overall. You could take a flyer on him. Uh, I wouldn't invest too much in, in expecting him to really produce. He did produce, you know, some interesting games last year, but it was kind of uh, difficult to predict. Oh, um, yeah. No, I mean, if you have Gage on your roster, it's because an injury or you're just in an insanely deep league like our keeper. Yeah. Um, I think I think for probably 80 to 90 percent of the leagues, Gage is probably not a rosterable player. Right. Um, and Typically. how about um, Kadri Allison? I think he's the handcuff to own potentially in this backfield. Um, but is he worth handcuffing? No. Again, there, there's enough handcuffs out there. Um, and, well, and they're not going to be handing that ball off. Let's, let's, no. let's move on. Let's move on then. We've talked enough about the Panthers. Trash organization. Fal- Falcons. Falcons. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about the Panthers now. That's what I was yeah. getting at. Um, so the Panthers finished five and eleven last year. Vegas has them at the sim- the exact same seven and a half uh, win total line. Um, I have them right around five. Sharp Dang, has- you you have this you have this division getting crushed. Sharp football has them as the thirteenth easiest schedule. So you know, closer to the middle of the pack. Their extra game is Houston, which is definitely one of the wins that I'm accounting for them. Um, I mean, to me this. Here's the the biggest question around this team is what are we going to see from Sam Darnold, right? Um, he's not the steady hand that Teddy Bridgewater is, but he is more willing to push the ball down the field, which is what a Joe Brady offense really wants to do, right? So Joe Brady's offense is trying to push the ball down the field. They have the wide receiver targets to do it in, you know, Adams and Marshall and uh, DJ Moore, or I'm sorry, Anderson, uh, Marshall and, and DJ Moore. So, um, but and in general, obviously, their skill position group is pretty good. You've got Christian McCaffrey, who's, you know, 1-1 in fantasy and should be. Um, but their offensive line, to me, is still a question mark. Uh, Cam Irving is starting at left tackle for them. Cam Irving didn't really hasn't played left tackle since his junior year in college at Florida State. Uh, they moved him to center after that. And then he entered the NFL and played, you know, has mostly played on the interior. So that's a big ask for a guy like that to kick out there and play left tackle again. And one that I'm not very comfortable with. Um, But I do think that their defense is young and improving, but they do have a young secondary, which is never a recipe for success in the NFL. Man, I like their secondary. I think Jeremy Chin is really, really good. I think, I think JC Horn, I think JC Horn rookie is a rookie. I don't, I don't mind Justin Burris. Um, Man, I, I I like their defense. I, again, I I like this team probably think, more than others. Um, this is a team I, that's be, that's better next year than they will be this year, in my opinion. This yeah, defense but is, I think is I young, think their defense is there. I think their defense has got talent, and JC Horn will definitely over you, over, over over exceed his expectations. You got AJ Bouye that they signed there as well as a veteran presence. You got Dante Jackson. Um, Shaq Thompson, Hassan I, Riddick. When you're I love Hassan Riddick. Growth. I love I, Hassan Riddick. I mean, I Brian think, Burns is a stud. I like I like their defense in in general. I like their yeah. defense, but their secondary. Um, the issue for me with their secondary is that 
they are really young and young secondaries do not typically fare well in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be some growing pains still. So, I mean, like they're, they probably are like, I think the the game with the jets will be interesting week one, but I probably, I have them down for a win for there. Um, I obviously have them beating Houston and then, you know, uh, I think that they can beat Atlanta twice. So that gives me four of those wins. The rest of their schedule is not that easy. And I just don't see a lot of opportunities to get some wins. So, Well, I think that offense is definitely going to surprise you with Sam Darnold. If he stays upright and he stays healthy with Christian McCaffrey on the back end of that, I mean, he's going to make any quarterback look good for one. I mean, he's catching the ball 100 times in that offense. I mean, I think it could be a really good team uh, recipe as far as the offense is concerned. And I have the Panthers going 7-10. and Yeah, I think they do Mm -hmm. some big improvement. And I think Joe Brady's going to be, you know, with that offense, it's going to continue to succeed in the the NFL. And I don't think they would have got rid of Teddy Bridgewater if they didn't think Sam Darnold was capable of doing so. I mean, how old is he now? 23? Do you think the the Panthers are going to beat the Dolphins, Bills, or Patriots? I think they could definitely beat the Patriots. I, I think you're underestimating the Patriots. Well, it depends who's playing quarterback for the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, also, I like the Dolphins, so I like the Dolphins against the Panthers, but I think that's more of a toss-up than than you would really give them. Um, I, I have them winning eight. I have them going eight and nine. I do think they're a year away from being a playoff team, um, but I think this is a team on the rise. Again, I like their defense, and for me, when I look year-over-year progression, how are they going to add wins versus last year? Um, they got a better quarterback in Sam Darnold. They get Christian McCaffrey back. They add Terrace Marshall, who I think is an absolute sleeper. They have one of the best wide receiver groups. Um, and then, again, like you said, we, we talked about their defense. Um, again, I like the momentum this team is is building. Um, and I like them, again, to build upon this. I like them to over. Uh, and then I also like Christian McCaffrey as a comeback player of the year at plus 800. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to have an absolute beast year this year. I yeah, I think barring that. injury, he absolutely could dominate. Um, and it, it, the interesting thing about him is, if you look at his last, uh, if you look at his last eighteen games played or something like that, um, and compare that to the NFL, the last two seasons, he's still like a clear number one running back, even with even with all the missed time. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, let's touch on some fantasy here. Anyone, anyone willing to take somebody other than McCaffrey at one one? No. Absolutely not. Kurt, Kurt, Kurt doesn't want to necessarily say it because he actually has the number one pick in a draft that we are in together, but we all know that you're taking McCaffrey. So you don't, we don't have to worry about that. Um, I was going to take Trevor Lawrence. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> um, they're wide receivers. So Robbie Anderson, wide receiver 32, 70 overall, DJ Moore, wide receiver 18, 39 overall. And your boy, Terrace Marshall, wide receiver 73, 196 overall. Um, is this the correct order for them? Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Um, again, I think they're, I think this is kind of the opposite of Atlanta where I think they're all kind of hurting each other. I think they're all going to dip into each other's production, um, because there is kind of so many mouths to feed there. Uh, but I don't think you can go wrong. Um, I, I know I would love, I like Robbie Anderson a little bit more than DJ Moore. Um, I, uh, but I love Terrace Marshall as a potential double early double digit, maybe early um, right before we get to the teens, uh, 11 or 12th round. 
um, guy that could uh, could maybe become the number one there by by season end. So the thing about him that I think is interesting because he obviously played for Joe Brady uh, at LSU when Joe Burrow yep. was there, and he was a big red zone target for them. They yep. scored a lot of touchdowns. So that's an area where if that continues, I mean, DJ Moore to me is not a guy who's a red zone target. Um, no. he's he he and he's a little bit of a boomer bust. He's got some of that um, Tyler Deshaun Jackson. Tyler Lockett kind of to me where he's going to have some really explosive weeks where he scores two touchdowns and has like 180 yards receiving. And then he's going to have some duds, which we've seen out of him. Um, Robbie Anderson is capable of kind of doing similar thing. So I think that Marshall maybe playing in the slot, replacing Curtis Samuel could look to be your more consistent uh, option and, and obviously provide some touchdown capability there. But you know the red think, zone, it's going to Christian McCaffrey for certain. And and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, especially Robbie Anderson with Darnold, I mean, they connected when he was in New York yeah. uh, a number of times. And to rekindle that with a better offense and, you know, maybe not much of a better offensive line, but definitely a better O-line in Carolina and a better scheme. Uh, I think that's going to be something to look forward to uh, seeing Robbie Anderson on some of those big time 60 plus yard bombs. Uh, and him going for touchdowns, I think that's where you're going to see it. In that red zone, I think you're going to see nothing but Christian McCaffrey, maybe even a little Chuba Hubbard if Christian's got a little uh, needs a blow. Yeah, Newman brought up handcuffs. That's my handcuff right there. I I think that he's he's very interesting. He's a guy that absolutely should not be unowned coming out of drafts. Um, He's currently, Fancy Pros has him at running back 65, 220 overall. I think that's way too low. Um especially in a PPR. Uh, and if you are a McCaffrey owner, you need to make sure that you may reach on this guy a little bit. Otherwise somebody might snipe him from you because Mike McCaffrey Davis does have all a chance, over again, does have a chance to miss some time. I think the tight end position in terms of fantasy for the Panthers is pretty yuck. Uh, I guess they have Ian Thomas, but I wouldn't. I hey, I, you alum Ian Thomas. Come on now. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't I mean, bother drafting him. So the last remaining question for me in terms of fantasy for this team is Sam Darnold, quarter of 25, 174 overall. Um, I think he's a reasonable second quarterback target um, because there is some upside there. If he's pushing the ball down the field in a Joe Brady offense, you know, with that wide receiver core, and if, like, if I'm correct and this secondary is an issue and teams are passing on them, um, they could be chasing some points at certain points in the game. You only think that they're going to win eight, so you already think that they're going to lose a lot of those. Um, I think that, you know, Darnold has, with McCaffrey and the other, you know, receiving options, I think that this is a high-volume offense for the for the quarterback, and quarterback 25 is too low for me for Sam Darnold. I think that's pretty good. I mean, maybe he's I'd a rather, few spots higher, but... I'd rather have him than Big Ben. And no. Fantasy. Yep. Yep. I would not. Kurt, hmm. I don't know. That's that's a tough call, honestly. I mean, it's with Big Ben. I think you know what you're going to get. I mean, he, which I mean, he's going to put up touchdowns. He's got his wide receivers back. He's got a little juju. Said he's not going to do any more dancing on the logos this year. <laughs> uh, so I mean, I, I think Big Ben will, is going to be more consistent if you're looking for that that type i mean of you know you're sam darnold is gonna put up the eight or nine points in a game and he's gonna lose you a week i mean his his floor is just way too low sam darnold to ever start him well like those I games said, where cmc is getting the ball where he's getting handed off the ball freaking i like him as a times. second quarterback so you don't take him to be your starter you take him as a as a backup quarterback 
that, you know, you can play some matchups with if you need to, or if something should happen to your starter, he has some upside. Um, so you would rather have him as your second quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger as your second quarterback? Correct. That's insane. Okay. Interesting. Anybody any, Anybody have any other thoughts on the Panthers? I, I just want to know your thoughts, uh, Newman, on the comeback player of the year. Dak Prescott's number one at plus 200, but McCaffrey's... Yeah. Uh, McCaffrey is uh, right there with Burrow and Barkley. Um, Burrow, I think he's going to have a rough season coming back. He just seems a shell of himself. And I trust McCaffrey to stay more healthy than Barkley. I, I love the value of uh, McCaffrey at plus 800. That's nine to one odds. And he's, in my mind, all he has to do is you know be more relevant than Dak. I, I do like that. I think that Dak's going to have a monster year, though, because I still don't think that defense is any good. And they're going to need a lot from Dak. So yeah, but I Dak don't think is able Dak to, to stay good. healthy. I think that this is an like even if they don't win a lot of games, I think that they're going to hand it to. They're going to. They're, here's the the thing that's going against Christian McCaffrey. They're going to be talking about Dak every single week on Get Up and every other radio show across the country. It could go either way, though, right? It could be negative. No, I mean, I definitely, if Dak does ball out, I mean, it's got to be Dak. It, that, that injury was horrific, dude. I, I wouldn't even have crumbled. If I was Jerry Jones, I wouldn't have paid the money and given him that contract after that type of injury. When I see something like that, no matter what type of science we have nowadays and everything else, dude, that thing was, that, that was way more than a cramp. Let's just say that, Tony Romo. Um, it's, it's something to me that was catastrophic, but if he comes back and balls, I think he's in there. Christian McCaffrey, we've seen people come back from knee injuries and things like that. So to me, it's gotta be Dak. But if you want to throw $20 on it, I think it's a reasonable bet. Um, you know, anyway. All right. So, uh, moving on to the saints. Uh, so last year they went 12 and four Vegas had them, has them at nine wins. Is that what you have? I do. I do it. I've had it. I, I hate that they didn't give any juice on the other side of it, but yes, I'm seeing right. nine. Um, so Warren Sharp has them as the fourth hardest schedule in the NFL. Dude, uh, it's with tough. The, with the extra game being the Titans, which is a tough game. They also have to open with the Packers because uh, they're, you know, both division winners. Um, the big story here is obviously, you know, who's going to replace Drew Brees. Um, you got Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill battling it out. Uh, and you know, we don't know exactly what Sean Payton's going to do because his ego is massive and he thinks that he can win with a running back at quarterback if he needed to. So, um, I mean, what are you, what are your thoughts on the Jameis Winston team Hill battle? Yuck. <laughs> I mean, neither quarterback is good. I've been on record saying, I don't think Jameis is a NFL starter. If, if you want to, if you want to be a playoff team, Jameis Winston cannot be your quarterback. Um, you know, he just. He just, you know, he doesn't value the ball uh, as much as as a, a starting quarterback should. And Taysom Hill is a tight end, so it's a it's a horrible situation, which is why they'll have a losing record and not make the playoffs. Wow! So you're going under nine wins for yes. the New Orleans Saints. I have them being third in the division. I have them at seven wins, just okay. below Carolina. Okay, so that's maybe where some of that ground in terms of me only giving them uh, Carolina five. And you giving them uh, seven is maybe you're maybe you're counting some wins against the Saints there. I do have um, them splitting. Yeah, I have I have each team winning their home game. Okay, um, so I mean, to me, I, I've been on record. I think Jameis is a good quarterback. 
Um, he does have a turnover problem, but a lot of that is exasperated, exas- exacerbated is by it. the fact that um, he did have that 30 interception season uh, where, you know, the Bucks did not give him a lot of help. The defense was very young and not that great. And the offensive line was not that good. The running game wasn't that good. So it was a lot of Jameis Winston trying to play hero ball, which he does do sometimes. But he doesn't have that problem uh, for the Saints because this offensive line is one of the better offensive lines in the league. Um, so he should have, you know, some time to, to actually throw the ball. Uh, they're also the offense is going to require him to, you know, get the ball out quick. Plenty of times um, on their little slants to the slant boy uh, when he's healthy. He's not playing this year and he's not playing for the Saints. You don't think he's, he's going to play at all? Nope. If, he, okay. if, if, he, if he's playing, he's not playing for the Saints. Uh, okay, that's interesting. Um, but I mean, and then I also think Callaway and Camara, though. I mean, between Callaway and Camara, I mean, I think if Callaway can stay out of trouble and on the field, uh, he can definitely be something interesting. And you know, I, I'm never going to say Jameis is a great quarterback because you can't say that right now. Can he put up numbers? Can he throw the rock down the field? I mean, he has proven that, but he also can turn the ball over. But with Sean yeah. Payton's offense. I mean, I think that's something that I I think he's going to be the starter for sure. I don't think you can be a serious team with Taysom Hill at quarterback unless it's something like Lamar Jackson back there where you're doing a style of offense that is pro run wildcat style where you get a few runs or a few throws down the seams. Um, that might be realistic, but I think it's Jameis for sure with the Saints and I got them going Here, nine and eight. Here's why you can't start Taysom Hill because he's probably with Michael Thomas out your number one offensive weapon outside of Kamara. I mean, who else is catching the balls there? I'm with you. I mean, Callaway has flashed some things, but uh, Deontay okay. Harris, so, meh. Trequan Smith, meh. I mean, you, you're digging into the Chris Hogan, uh, you know, line there. They don't have a tight end now that Troutman's hurt. Uh, Nick well, Trout, Burnett Troutman's sucks. injury is not supposed to be serious. Um, so. He's still uh, not very good. But, I mean, but they also have here, here's another concept that they could do. You know, you could run some two back offense where you have, you know, either Tony Jones or uh, Latavius Murray playing the running back position and you have Alvin Kamara split out in the slot. Right. Um, you can get creative in that way. Uh, and if Taysom Hill's not the starter at quarterback, you may see him on the field with Jameis um, in certain elements. So I think I, you have to because the weapons just aren't there. They signed well, I mean, Devontae Freeman, too. Their running backs are good, um, in my opinion, and they're deep, just like your mother likes it, Brandon. Um, oh, <laughs> my mother is a saint. Uh, How yeah. dare uh, you? And I know the, the actual Sean Connery quote is not that, but you can go ahead and at me for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Michael Thomas injury is big. If you actually don't think that he plays for this team, then that could that that could explain, you know, why you're so down on them. Um I think that he probably does come back after, you know, about six weeks or so. Um, but for the most part, this team's wide receiver core is a lot of twos and threes. Um, and I do think that Troutman could be good if healthy. Uh, but like I said, excellent offensive line. Um, so they should be able to, you know, pound the rock if they just want to run it at you with, you know, their plethora of good running backs. Um, they do have good linebackers. Um, and their interior defensive line is potentially a little bit of a question mark for me. But uh, the biggest question on defense is, is their corner opposite of Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore is probably a top 10 corner in the NFL. Um, but on the other side of him, you know, he can only take one guy out. And it's not it, losing, losing Janoris Jenkins, I think, is, a, is an underrated loss there. Yeah. And then they also lose, oh, man, I'm going to butcher his name, Anyamata. Um, Amukamara. 
No, their starting defensive tackle is out six games for PEDs. Um, I didn't even see that. Yeah. So, again, I know you guys are high. And when we were prepping, you guys are higher in this defense than I am. I think there's a ton of holes on it. So, I think there's not enough weapons on offense. When you got two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. And I think they got holes in the defense. I think, you know, every year you have teams that, you know, don't make the playoffs, right? What's the statistic? Like 33% of the teams in the playoff field are weren't in it in last year. I think this is the Saints are not making the playoffs this year. Do you guys have them making it? Mm, no, I got them I'm just on the outskirts. Sure. Yeah, so I have them at 10 wins. Um, I'll take, with it only being nine, I'll take a little push insurance in case they only win uh, nine wins. Then I do not lose that bet. Um, but... Uh, I mean, I don't know exactly. Let me take a quick look at something. Um, Kurt, I'm going to make you, while I look for that, Kurt, I, I want to, you have to pick one side or the other. You can't push on nine wins, so pick one. What's that? I got to pick one? Yep, you have to pick uh, over or under nine wins. Uh, You're gonna get push insurance. You get push insurance either way, so. All right, I will say, I'll go ahead and give them, Come on, you game. hate the Saints. You hate the Saints, dude. They're your yeah. rival. What are you doing? Yeah, but I don't I don't think I'm not as low on Jameis as you are. The guy's still young. And again, I think Sean Payton is one of the most underrated coaches. Maybe I don't think people say he's overrated by any means to me. The guy's a great offensive mind, and I think he can get Jameis under control. And Jameis has got the arm. He's proven that. It's not that he doesn't have the skill set to get it downfield. Or, you know, throw the ball on a deep out route outside of the hash. I mean, those are big deal throws. So you think 10 is more likely than than 8 is what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> I forced him into it, but we got him to you take it over there. <laughs> um, so let me see here. I think I have them... This is tough. I, I say they probably make it. Yeah, based on my uh, my my other projections, they do make the playoffs here. Um, but uh, it may not be a very long stint. So, okay, well, let, let's put other teams, because you have them second. Are they better than the Vikings? Yeah, so I only have the Vikings winning. I think they're, I have them both winning 10. No, I have the Vikings at 9. So, yes, I have them winning more games than the Vikings. Doesn't mean they're okay. better but I have them winning more games. Okay. Um, what about NFC West? I don't, I don't remember who you had in the NFC West. Yeah. So the NFC West, I have three teams winning double digits out there. Um, that being uh, the Rams, I had them 11. I had the Seahawks at 11. And then I had the 49ers at 12. So so those are your three playoff teams. You have, you have the Rams, you have the um, Seahawks, and you have the Saints. So there's seven teams that are making it. Uh, yeah. So that would make the uh, the Saints the seventh. Yep. That Interesting. Time. Yeah. I agree with you. They're better than the Vikings. I didn't listen to that podcast, but the Vikings aren't going to be very good. <laughs> um. So yeah, let's talk some fantasy here. Uh, Alvin Kamara. I think it's a clear number three. Is there any reason for him to go above Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook? No. I don't believe so. I don't think his upside is is 
to that degree. If you wanted to say that it was Drew Brees at the helm, then I would say maybe, yeah. But at this point, when you have Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill at the quarterback position, you don't know what's going to happen there with his receptions. So you, you, you two know this more than I do, but Winston doesn't seem like a check down receiver like Breeze was. Like, like Kamara is the perfect running back for Breeze. I don't see that same relationship between Winston and Kamara. So, um, so I see him taking a step back, not because of talent, but because of quarterback in far as far as PPR performance. So, so this is a bit underrated out of Jameis, but he he is a guy that one spreads the ball around. He is not. Um, he does obviously when he has one really dominant receiver, he will focus on that guy as we've seen him do with Mike Evans. But when there is m- multiple players that are talented around him, he is perfectly capable of you know spreading the ball around. Um, and he was perfectly fine at getting the ball to his running backs at Florida State. Uh, and he also, you know, the, the problem with the Bucks is they didn't have a running back that could catch. They threw the ball to running backs and they kept dropping it. So they, he got away from that. Um, but I think with a, wider, a running back with as good a hands as Alvin Kamara has, he will be fine at throwing the ball to them. Yeah, the same. I, I know you said it was that he did it at Florida State, but that's just so long ago. Um, to, to answer your question, he's the number three. I mean, I, I don't think you can take Derrick Henry or Saquon Barkley or, you know, any of those other guys that are around there. Um, he definitely is three behind especially a PPR, in my opinion, especially in a PPR, you have to take him three because he, he is a guy that catches a ton of passes. Um, I mean, yeah. he, you know, he puts up almost 1500 yards a, a season in terms of total offense and he's never had a thousand yard rushing season. So he's averaging, you know, over 500 yards of uh, receiving yards per season. That's a lot of catches. And uh, without, you know, Michael Thomas being there. Michael Thomas is missing half the season. Somebody has to score touchdowns in New Orleans. It's going to be Kamara. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, let's talk about Michael Thomas. Wide receiver, 46, 108 overall. Is this a guy that you would draft and stash uh, on your IR? Hell yes. Um, uh, uh, So you're going to have to take him ninth, 10th round. That's cool with you? Ooh, that's a little high. I like him better. 12th. That's where I've been taking him in my mock drafts. So if he falls um, a little bit, you'll uh, you'll scoop in and, and, and take some of that value, stash him on your IR, and then... Especially you look at who's around there, especially in a 12 or 14 team format. Um, if you can somehow get to the 11th or 12th round with Michael Thomas still there, um, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm not so high on Michael Thomas there. I'm, I'm out on Michael Thomas. Um it's, especially with the injuries and then going off and having the surgery, you know, here, right here in the uh, off season, I'm just out on that. It's a recipe for disaster and he's showing some hostility with the organization as well. He hates Uh, that organization. To to me, it's looking like Michael Thomas is trying to find that free agency payday and get the hell out of new Orleans. Doesn't want to get hurt. Doesn't want to come back less than a hundred percent for sure. Yeah. I'm with, I don't think that he's got a free agent payday coming because he is under contract for a period of time here still. But um, I mean, if I can get him round 10 or 11, I think that that's a reasonable, you know, draft and stash on your IR spot. If you have an IR spot, if you do not have an IR spot, then you're probably not going to want to draft him because somebody that will draft him, he's, if he goes on the pup list at some point in time, they'll need that roster spot and he'll be available in free agency for you to pick up off waivers, et cetera. Um, what about their other wide receivers? So uh, I have Traquan Smith, wide receiver 67, 182 overall. And then 
Uh, Callaway is wide receiver 77, 206 overall. Um, are either of those guys that you're interested in? No, uh, sir. I, I'm interested in Callaway. I think that could be a connection with Jameis if Jameis is the starter for the team. For sure, that could be a big, a big splash. You know, if he stays on the field and he's not getting suspended or having some issues off the field, uh, you know, I think he was was he a second round pick for the Browns or was he? A, I think he was a second round pick. No, that's not that's not the same Callaway. Um, oh, I'm thinking of a different one. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're thinking of the Callaway that went to UF. Um, but yeah, so this guy Marquez Callaway, um, he's looked pretty good in preseason. They've been talking about him all camp. Um, he had some flashes even last year. I think that this is a guy that's definitely worth taking a flyer on if you're able to get him. So wide receiver 77, 206 overall, that's really low. Um, I've done some mock drafts. He never goes there. He goes closer around pick 120, which is a little bit, a little bit high for my liking. Um, but if you can get him, you know, round 13, 14, something like that, uh, I think it's definitely worth the flyer. Um, how about, uh, so Troutman, Tight end 22, 162 overall. Uh, and then people have been talking about Juwan Johnson, the converted wide receiver from Tennessee. Uh, tight end 56, 411 overall. So absolutely free in drafts. Um, are either of these guys on your radar, watch list, uh, or draftable? Nope. No, you're staying away from this situation? Yeah. To me, I can't completely ignore this because... Sean Payton does like tight ends and Jameis really likes throwing to his tight ends. So, he does. That's that, that you know, I, yeah. if I'm going to rip him on not throwing it to a running back, he does like, a, he does like a good tight end. Um, hopefully he likes throwing a Taysom Hill though. So, so <laughs> if either of these guys wind up becoming a thing, I think there's definitely some appeal to them as, you know, a late pick or at least a guy that you're watching um, on your, you know, on your scout team or whatever, however your, your league does that. Um, and then let's, uh, let's talk about the quarterbacks here. Uh, so Jameis is at quarterback 28, 202 overall, and Taysom is quarterback 32, uh, 261 overall. Uh, to me, these are both, both of them are interesting as, um, second quarterback options. Uh, when Matthew Berry talks about it, when Taysom Hill was healthy last year and the starter, um, he was, you know, average position quarterback, uh, within the top 12. So if he, cause he does run the ball, um, we've seen what an offense looks like with him at the helm in Sean Payton's uh, world. So you, lo- think- you lost me at Matthew Barry. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, he's just citing facts, but, uh, I mean, to me, I think that either one of these guys, if you, you know, if you want to take a late round flyer back of the draft kind of, kind of thing and hope that, you know, one of them gets named the starter and they do just, you know, ap- actually own the offense. Um, I definitely think it's worth doing it, but Brandon's pretty down on the Saints, so I think he's staying away. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any interest in that, but I mean, is, is it interesting for maybe some other fantasy footballers? Certainly. Um, you know, I've already in my one league, I've got Lamar Jackson as a keeper, so I already have my QB one, and then I can play with it from there. Right. Uh, to so, me, these are like I said, these are these are QB two options. So yeah, you have I mean, a starter, you want to take a flyer on a, on a guy who has some upside late. Um, that that would be where you'd go, or potentially. I think, I think there's other options out there better than Jameis with a, a way higher upside. I'd rather take a flyer on, certainly. Mm, I mean, there's some, but I mean, I, I think that he's, if, let's say you're playing in a league where, you know, you have flex, uh, a super flex, so you can start another quarterback. I think Jameis is 
top 16 to 18 quarterback in that league? If he's the starter, hypothetically. Right. I mean, or Taysom Hill is, either one of them. Um, yeah. Okay, you take it on either either or? Well, I'm saying whoever's the starter, I would mm-hmm. I would take it around that spot as, as a decent, uh, you know, QB2 flex play. Yeah, but this, this is the thing that I don't think is you guys aren't factoring in. I think Peyton does this weird college, like Taysom Hill gets, you know, a handful, maybe a maybe – a dozen snaps a game and that's going to take away from Jameis's production. I think, I think you're only going to get about 80% because you know, you're going to well, get, you're going to get some Kamara and wildcat. You're going to get some Taysom in, in behind snaps. I think that hurts Jameis's, uh, Jameis's production. I, I just think that a whole mess of a, of a quarterback situation is one that I'm avoiding. Um, can I say avoiding like a plague, or, or, or are we still in something? Well, we it'll don't be, we don't avoid plagues based on uh, <laughs> our, our history here. Uh, it'll, it'll be up to Jameis, though, what happens at the end of the day, because you know at some point the offense is going to sputter under Taysom. So if Taysom does become the starter, and because I, I think he's limited in his throwing options, he you absolutely know, I, is. It, it's just it's just facts. He can't throw all the routes. So when that offense sputters and Jameis gets his opportunity. And then Sean Payton sees the offense isn't limited to anything at that point. You know, he just needs to make sure he's taking care of Jameis and giving him a safety valve to turn those, make sure those turnovers are down. You know, to me, it's got to be Jameis Winston. And also, here's the the way I would, if I was Sean Payton, I would very much so be focused on, we're going to focus on running the ball, right? We have a a lot of good running backs and we have a good offensive line. Our focus on offense is to run the ball and we're going to take some play action shots. with whoever our quarterback is. Jameis is obviously going to be much better than that than Taysom Hill is, um, and I think you have a lot more upside on that. So to me, that that's the way that this offense goes. If it looks something similar to what the Browns did last year on offense, I think Jameis can be very effective at quarterback. Yeah, you're also a Florida State grad who won he won you a national championship, and you're a little biased. So No, no bias whatsoever. N- not, not at all. Um, okay, so uh, let's move on from the Saints. Uh, I think we've covered everything there is to cover here. Uh, so the rounding it out, the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've been dreading this part, gentlemen. It's going to be such an ass kiss fest, and it's so deserved. That's what makes us so bad. fire the cannons, baby. Let's go. Finished last season, last regular season at eleven and five. Uh, the Vegas line is eleven and a half. Um, where you can get it. Some places have it 12, but we're, f- for the sakes of this purposes, we're going to go with 11 and a half. Um, Sharp F- Football has them as the fifth easiest schedule uh, in the NFL. So Super Bowl champs who return every single starter have the fifth easiest schedule. Uh, and uh, their extra game is the Indianapolis Colts, who you know are already dinged up a little bit. So everyone returns. Brady has looked fine. Uh, is there any question whether or not Brady's going to be you know, is this the year that it, the, the wheels finally fall off, Brandon? Ought to happen eventually, but not, not when this team's this good. Like, even when Manning had his bad year, he didn't have this many weapons around him. And guess what? Even if the wheels do fall off, this defense is insane. 
Um, you know, I mean, when you got Joe Tryon, Steve McClendon, Kevin Minter as backups, like we were just trashing Atlanta and again, saying holes through New Orleans, all those guys would be starters on both those teams. This team, this team is absolutely loaded in the first and second unit. So I'm, I think Tom Brady is, is going to have a good, probably not a great season. He's going to have a good season. Um, because again, but the wheels aren't going to fall off and I have this team going 14 and three. So, uh, I mean, some other moves that they made, they did bring in Giovanni Bernard, who, which they kind of lacked a running back that could really catch the ball. So they go, they don't need any more running backs. That's insane. they They go get that to help out. Um, and then, so I've been saying this for a long time. I thought that the Bucks offense would be better this year, the second year with Tom Brady at the helm, um, because quarterbacks always take a leap forward, uh, second year in Bruce Arians' offense, and here it is. So, I mean, they actually have had an offseason in which they were able to throw to each other, uh, not like last year with all the COVID stuff and everything. Um, I think this offense should be better. Uh, I think this team will be better. Their defense really gelled at the end of the season last year, and it's good and deep, just like your mother likes it. Uh, it. (laughs) I think this defense should actually be pretty elite. Um, You've mentioned that there's lots of issues with the rest of this division. So this is definitely a defense worth targeting in fantasy. Uh, They're currently going sixth out of, um, out of those defenses. But I mean, is there a lot more to say about this team? I, I have them at 15 wins. Um, They could easily win, you know, anywhere between 13 and, you know, 15 here. Um, maybe even more possibly, but not likely, um, barring I, an injury to Tom Brady. I think they start two and two, and then they win 12 of their last 13 and just are rolling going into the playoffs. Yeah, just, that's, I, I, I do think they lose against the Rams because I think the, I have the Rams as I the have second them losing best. to the Rams. I, I have, have the Rams. them losing to the Rams as well. And then, Aaron Donald, just monster game. And then I don't know why. But I, again, I'm down on the Patriots, but I just think somehow the Patriots win that game Sunday not night ch- in, not, in, not in, in Foxborough. Belichick coming to light it up, man. Dude, that's uh, what you I got. have them losing. I have them losing Go to ahead, the Saints dude. for the other game. Um, but there's a couple other games that they could lose. Um, I, I, for for losses is definitely possible, but um, I think uh, I also think that they, I mean, it's not inconceivable that they win every one of them. So I, I was just, he took the words out of my mouth because it's not inconceivable for an undefeated season, but I have them at 14 and three. I uh, don't want to be too biased as, as a Bucks fan, but I think Tom Brady's going to have even a better year. You got OJ Howard coming back into that offense, Antonio Brown in the offense as full well. Full season of Antonio Brown. A full season of Antonio Brown, full off well, season. We think a full season of Antonio Brown barring any suspension or something no. can never rely on that guy. <laughs> well, you, you got to remember too, full off season though, as well. Reliably, you know, Tom, Brady was hosting, yeah. Tom Brady was hosting workouts up at university of Tampa. Like they weren't having real things. They were just running routes out there. Now they have a full off season in the backfield. I love Giovanni Bernard uh, coming in as a third down back. The guy has incredible hands. You know, we had the force feed a lot of that to Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, and you could see the struggles at times. Lots um, of drops. And and not to mention just the depth that we have at the wide receiver position. I mean, I think we're going to run a lot of defenses ragged. Tyler Johnson is underrated at the wide receiver position. You know, everybody you say he's knows. the best fifth wide receiver in the entire league? What's <laughs> Probably. That? 
Probably. He'd probably be the best fourth wide receiver uh, in the entire league. Well, he's not I, the best fourth because Scotty Miller is ahead of yeah, him. Yeah, and, and that's what I was just about to say. <laughs> and then you got Scotty Miller as well, just a burner going over the top. I think Tom Brady just has a fun year. It's going to be like a kid in a candy store, and the defense is elite. You know, so it's not a question about being – if it is, it, it, yeah. it 100% so, is elite. So, I mean, I think that there's also something to be learned for Todd Bowles in that Super Bowl, right? Um, so during the regular season, the Bucks got absolutely torched the first half by Tyreek Hill when they played Kansas City because they tried to play man, which is what he wants to do. He wants to play man. He wants to blitz a lot. Um, but in the Super Bowl, he said, I'm going to take my ego out of it and we're going to play zone and we're going to put, you know, Carlton Davis on the other side, uh, neutralize those other wide receivers. And then, you know, we're not going to blitz as much. We're going to let the front four get to get to match Patrick Mahomes and, Maybe he learned something that you don't. You can adjust the game plan. That could make this team really dangerous. Um, but let's talk some fantasy. So, I think the biggest question mark here for fantasy, and you know, the things at the top of the draft is uh, Chris Godwin's wide receiver 15, 34 overall. Mike Evans wide receiver 16, right behind him at 37 overall, and then Antonio Bryant is going wide receiver 41, 92 overall. Um, in my opinion. I'm in on Antonio Brown more at wide receiver 41 versus the other two, just because of, I think all three of them are going to be on the field a lot. Um, and I think the ball's going to be spread pretty evenly. So I'd much rather have the value. Well, I'm, I'm higher on Mike Evans and Antonio Brown for sure. Just cause you know, he's getting the red zone attempts. He's going to have those touchdowns and not to mention the only wide receiver. I think it's a, a thousand yard receiving season. I think the lap is first five. I think it's five or five in the league. Yeah, I believe if I'm so. not mistaken. Um, so he's going to get those red zone attempts for sure. And not to mention the deep threat. Uh, Chris Godwin, I'm a little low on just from a health aspect. He was a little banged up last year. It does concern you to see if that might be something that carries on with him. Uh, and Antonio Brown, I just think that he's going to surpass Chris Godwin in that offense, uh, connecting with Tom Brady, especially working in the slot and getting isolated on those motions and, and getting him one-on-one -on -one yeah. with some of those slot defenders. My thing there is Antonio Brown is a better value for fantasy because you can get him at wide receiver 41, pick 92 overall. Whereas you'd have to spend, you know, an, an er, like a late third or an early mm -hmm. fourth on Mike Evans at at a uh, thirty seven overall. But isn't yeah. that insane? Where do you, where do you I mean, stand? before before last year, Mike Evans was uh, you know a, an end of round two. Now you're saying late round three, early round four is bad for Mike Evans? Heck no! I'm with Kurt, man. Um, you know, again, a stacked wide receiver room. But what can Mike Evans do? that Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, Antonio Brown all can't do as well in like Kurt said red zone. I mean Mike Evans is just like taxes baby. He's guaranteed. You know he's getting touchdowns. You know he's getting 1000 yards. His receptions may be down a little bit, but absolutely if you can get Mike Evans in the 3rd round, I'm all over that. I just like some guys more going around that area. I'd much rather wait for the value of Antonio Brown. I think that Antonio Brown's season is not significantly uh, like if, if Antonio Brown plays a full season or points per game is going to be right up there with Mike Evans, in my opinion. And you can get that, you know, 60 picks later. So 50, whatever, 50 something, 60 picks later. You, you to me, think I'd he's a top, top 12 wide receiver? Who? Antonio Brown? Or top 15 wide receiver? Who? Mike Evans? Antonio, Antonio Brown. 
No, I think they're probably all closer to the twenties. Closer to the twenties, okay. Yeah, I think they're all they're all going to finish as like fantasy wide receiver number twos. But I'm gonna I'm gonna spend on Antonio Brown a much later pick. That's what I'm saying. This offense has so many weapons. We've talked about it. Giovanni Bernard. You still have Gronk. You have OJ Howard. You have Cameron Brait. Three receiving tight ends that are all going to be factors in in the passing game. Um, plus you have Scotty Miller. Plus you have Tyler Johnson. Plus you have this rookie Darden uh, who's going to get some run too. Like Tom Brady is going to have a monster season because he's got so many weapons. That's the fantasy target to own in this offense um, outside of Antonio Brown, in my opinion. So you're talking about value, something that yes. uh, we we haven't listened, we haven't listened to Drew at all because he wants us to go also talk about the other side of things, guys that are getting overdrafted. I think Chris Godwin again, Kurt. I, I hate to be stealing your points, but I think they're so good. You know, we were all at this time last year just drooling over Chris Godwin, right? No, nope, wow. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was pushing him down. Well, most of us were, and I think we, you know, whether it's injuries or, or it's it's catch share or it's a number of different things, I think Godwin's going to go higher than, than he probably should. Um, I know I wouldn't spend a third or fourth round. There's no way he lasts to the fifth or sixth. If he's around there, that's when I would take him because I think that's where he actually should be. But I think, again, he goes in that third or fourth round and he goes a round or two earlier than he should. If he's in that late fourth, I, I mean, I can't not take the shot on him. I mean, he's still he's still explosive. You know, Tom's still going to look for him, and Tom makes it a, a, a point to spread the ball in that offense. Man, he's looking to call plays for guys who haven't been involved. He's looking to get those guys multiple touches and multiple touchdowns. So, I mean, if he's late fourth round, I take Godwin there. I think that's if you see him there late in the fourth round for sure. One more wide receiver to consider here. Uh, Scotty Miller, wide receiver 110, 328 overall, so not getting drafted in most leagues. Uh, is this a guy worth, uh, you know, throwing a late round flyer on or at least watching for when one of if one of these three get injured, he becomes a starter? Absolutely. When Antonio Brown gets a soft tissue injury, you know, he, I, I could see him, you know, calf, hammy, something. I mean, all, th- all three of them have had. Uh, soft tissue injuries yeah. in the past. So, so this is waiver wire cue. Like you're absolutely getting that trigger finger ready for as soon as like you like Godwin or uh, and AB go down. I'm hammering Scotty Miller, but you, you don't draft him. He's absolutely not draftable. Okay. I don't, um, I don't think he's worth a draft spot uh, on your roster. Not with the, as many weapons as you're talking about. Cause if, if one of those wide receivers does go down, yeah, could it, could the volume possibly go up? Sure. But I think more of the offense then is going to filter through Gronk, through O.J. Howard, and some of those other pieces in the offense. Even though they might see a little uptick there, I don't think it's worth drafting uh, no. Scotty Miller, but so, certainly keeping your ear to the ground on a waiver wire. So, so one format that he may be an interesting play in is best ball. Um, if you do have a, like, a deeper draft or a deeper queue there, uh, Scotty Miller is an interesting play there. Um I'm sure you guys know what best ball is, but you don't actually set your lineup. Whatever, whoever has the best game at the end of the week gets put into your lineup for you. Uh, and then they take those points. So you don't have to worry about starting him when the time is right for Scotty Miller. He can. So if he has one of those big games where he catches, you know, a long bomb or two, um, it's already going to be in your lineup. And I think he is worth a flyer later in some of those leagues. Um, let's move on to uh, who I think is going to be probably the, the best value in terms of fantasy for anyone on this team. And that's, Quarterback 10, Tom Brady, 84 overall. Uh, so one thing that we didn't touch on this, apparently he's plus 1,400 to win the MVP award. 
where are you at on that, Brandon? Man, 15 to 1 is good, and everybody loves a story. I mean, if you guys, if, Kurt, if if they're putting together a magical season and they're 12 and 0, 13 and 0, 14 and 0, I mean, that's that's MVP talk right there, even if the numbers don't really back it up. This team is good enough. If this team can go 15 and 2, 16 and 1, he's the MVP. Regardless of statistics, I don't care if I don't care if Aaron Rodgers throws for fifty touchdowns and fifty five hundred well, yards. Who's you're going to say Brady couldn't, you know. So I think he you threw know forty last year. He threw forty touchdowns last year. Who yeah, I mean, he didn't go fifty this year. The the V doesn't stand. I don't. He's yeah, going to get close. He's going to get close. That's for damn sure. I th- I definitely think he breaks forty for sure. Touchdown so passes this year. That, that is that is a bet that I all when I, I didn't make it until about six hours ago when I was uh, I took my lunch break and was uh, starting to work on this pod. Absolutely, I mean, you said ten bucks. I mean, that's right there. That's a hundred and fifty dollar payout just for ten dollars, dude. That is a no brainer bet. And again, I just said I think Tom Brady's going to be good, not great. He doesn't have to be if Tampa Bay goes fifteen and two and sixteen or one. They are going to give him the MVP trophy. Yeah. Um, but okay, back to fantasy quarterback 10, 84 overall. Uh, what do you guys think about that slot? I think it's, I think it's appropriate. Um, I think I could probably pick eight quarterbacks. I'd have better. Um, than, than Tom Brady. I think uh, you guys are higher on him, so I think I, I know what you guys are going to say. But I think it's good. Um, I, th- I think I think that's pretty pretty appropriate for... I mean, for- I think that there's a reasonable expectation that he could be something like quarterback seven uh, on this draft board. Um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers just put up uh, you know an MVP caliber season. Most of the time, guys regress on those. So I think it's absolutely possible that he outperforms Aaron Rodgers this season. Is it the possible? Offense, the offense is better. Is it possible he only plays like twelve or thirteen full games? Like he he could be taken out in like the fourth quarter in some games, guys. They, sure, but we've seen him have those seasons where he got taken out for them being up, you know, thirty whatever points. Matt Castle goes in, throws an interception, and guess what? Tom Brady was back in the game. Now that's Bill Belichick. It's probably not going to happen with Bruce Arians, but he's probably throwing five touchdowns if he's getting taken out that early. They play some atrocious teams. And again, that's why I just don't think the statistics are going to be there. Me saying, I think he's going to be good. Not great is a fan, a fantasy statistical thing. Tom Brady's the goat. He's great. I I don't, I don't want there to be any confusion there. Me not calling him a great quarterback. He's a great quarterback. I just think statistically he's only going to have a good year because again, (laughs) I think I think there's going to be a lot of mop-up time, and I don't think they're going to have a need to throw the ball that much. They have literally a stable of running backs um, that I think are going to get some run. So I think yeah. tens. I think tens appropriate. Okay, um, maybe, maybe about, even a little high. Maybe, maybe maybe I could see him as low as twelve. How about running back? Um, Ronald Jones is currently going as RB thirty-three. Leonard Fournette RB thirty-eight. They don't know what to do with these two, so they got them pretty much right next to each other picks 96 and 106 right next to each other. Um, and then Giovanni Bernard running back 49, 141 overall. Um, who's your favorite out of this group and which one, if do, do any of these guys end up on your teams? I'm avoiding them like the plague. If <laughs> we wanted to talk about that, avoiding we, plagues we established, earlier. We established oh, yeah, exactly. humans do not avoid the plague. Well, so 
Uh, I just wanted to snag that from before because I, I think it's going to be a hit or miss on which one of these guys is getting the love. It's going to remind you of those Patriot offenses that, oh, James White's getting the touchdowns. Uh, no, now we got Rex Burkhead's getting the touchdowns down here. I think you're going to see a mix of all three of those guys uh, as far as Gio Bernard goes third down, third and goal. You know, when you're backed up to the 10 or the 12, he's in there running a different route out of the backfield, running a wheel route because he's going to have the best hands. So to me, those running backs, I, I'm staying away from them on my fantasy team. Uh, I, I got a question, and this doesn't really have to do with either one. Well, maybe. What's the buzz? Are they keeping all four of these guys? Most teams only keep three running backs. Mm, that's not true. Lots of teams. Keep, most teams keep four. Um, yeah. So what is, is Kershaw Vaughn not going to dress then? No, Keyshawn Vaughn's going to contribute. He's going to have to play some special teams. So they're going to give four hats every week to running backs. You never see four hats. Some uh, some teams. What rosters some, do you look at, dude? You you do a lot because their their running backs are playing, playing kickoff coverage. Teams. They're yeah. playing they're playing blocking on uh, the back line for kickoff return. Their running backs are everywhere there. Uh, Terrell Davis had to play special teams for the freaking Broncos before he got his start. Yeah, that that blows my mind. I I didn't think again. Maybe it's just the Steelers. The Steelers only ever dress three. Um, so maybe most teams dress four. I'll, I'll I'll eat crow if I eat crow. That's interesting. I would have thought one of those guys would most teams cut. dress four. Um, and then oftentimes you at least have one one running back on your practice squad. So how was that Steelers um, running game? Not not great, Bob. <laughs> um, yeah. Benny so, <laughs> so so your thoughts on on this on this running back crew that they have there, Brandon? Man, I think you got to give Ronald Joe some credit for last year. Man, um, he 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 put up a really good season when when you go back and look at it. Um, I, I if I was Tampa Bay, I would cut I would cut Leonard Fournette. The guy the guy sucks, and he's a, can be a little bit of a a cancer in the in the locker room. I I don't think he's any good at they're all. Paying, they're paying him almost nothing. So playoff Lenny, how are you going to try to hate dog? What are you talking um, about? So I mean, Lombardi, I would Lenny? I would I would roll with Ronald Jones and Giovanni Bernard if I was making those decisions, but I'm not. And since again. It's all it's played out, but if you have two, you have none. So I'm I would never draft either. Um, but if I had to gun to head, I'd go Ronald Jones. So so I think that both of these guys are interesting, um, but it depends on what you've already done in your draft, right? So if you're taking more of like an RB zero or or one running back, uh, uh, you know, one early running back, and then kind of grabbing a lot of receivers, and then and then grabbing some running backs later that have a chance to pop, um, I definitely think that these are guys worth it. Uh, Fournette is more of a guy that I would target if I need a number two running back that I'm going to be able to plug in right away. Um, and Ronald Jones is more of the guy that I'm looking for long-term value has a chance to pop later in the season, especially as you mentioned, Brandon, uh, in those games that they're salting away, guess who's going to be getting a lot of run Ronald Jones. And that guy can break it. He breaks off some big runs. He, he can house some stuff. He had so, a 98 yard Teddy last, last year. So, so yeah, so so these are not. I don't think that these guys are worth completely ignoring. But it really not depends. A, not, can you on give where, how where, you structured your draft? Can you give their overall ranking again? Because again, if you said they're in the early one hundreds, that's just too high for the, uh, the ninety six for Rojo and one hundred six for Fournette. Man, that's just too high for me, man. That's that's ninth, yeah, ninth, ninth round. round. Ninth round. That's, tenth that's round. too high. I mean, you're you're still looking for starters possibly at that place. I mean, neither one of them are. I mean, in a PPR league, 
in a PPR league, you wouldn't start uh, one of those two as your RB2? I'd start like, Rojo if I him. had to, but in my mind, Rojo's a low RB2. Um, a low, and, and again, you know my thoughts on Fournette. So. Right, but we're saying, so it, in this uh, setup, right, where you're taking that guy as your RB2, you've already gotten an elite quarterback, an elite tight end, and a bunch of really good receivers, and one good running back, right? So now you're plugging in the last guy for your starting roster. If it's Ronald Jones, I'm perfectly okay with that. Not yeah. mad at that. I'd like some of the way higher upside guys around that area. Sure, that's fine. I'm just saying, like, but sometimes, you know, when you're picking and you've got your button ready to select uh, whoever's going in that round, somebody snatches them right before you and you're like, shit, well, I don't like Ronald Jones, but he is right there and he could blow up. So let me take a chance. You're putting some um, bad juju on me. I'm going to end up drafting Ronald Jones next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about Giovanni Bernard, super late, RB49, 141 overall? That, again, that's a waiver wire guy that you're looking to snag if he gets run. If you no get a, if you get an injury issue somewhere down the left, if Fortnite PPR goes flex down. value. Yeah, I mean, again, PPR flex. I mean, on the back end, that's if if you see an injury and a waiver yeah, wire. I mean, pickup he's, a, he's to a bench me. guy. He's a bench guy for you, even if you even uh, you know whenever you're drafting him or if you're not drafting him at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that there's some value there as a pass catcher. The question is, we don't know how much he's going to eat into Ronald Jones and Fournette's value, which is why I think both of them have pulled down a little bit more. Um, okay. Gr- tight end 17, Rob Gronkowski, uh, 135 overall. OJ Howard, tight end 29, 249 overall. Are we are we drafting either of these guys? No. I, again, I don't know why Gronk would suit up until week 10. Um, he just doesn't, doesn't need that. He, he likes playing football, man. Have you not yeah. figured this out? He likes playing football. He just didn't like playing for the Patriots. Yeah. But again, OJ higher order and Cameron Braid are enough. He, he can just play half the season every year. Um, I mean, shit, he can do, he can do what, who'd your guys, who'd your boy, the lightning guy who came back for the playoffs. Who was that? Kucherov. Kucherov. Yeah, he, Gronk should just pull a Kucherov and show up for the playoffs. Yeah, like you don't um, know who Nikita Kucherov is, former, <laughs> former MVP of the NHL. You fucking yins, you yins, little bastard. <laughs> um, um, no, I, I'm I'm staying away from the tight end room. So I think Gronk's an interesting potential second tight end if you're grabbing one of those at some point in your draft. Um, He's going to get overdrafted, though. You know there's some... I hate to say it. There's going to be some Kevin of the team that that drafts Gronk way too early because his name's Gronk. If you're Gronk. playing in like an extra tight end flex league, I think that Gronk Gronk is a guy that should be rostered. If he's your tight end too, then I'm all for that. That's no problem because he's definitely going to have those touchdown games where he's getting two tutters, and one of them might even be for freaking 45 yards. I mean, once he gets loose in that one-on-one coverage and he finds a hole in the zone – Brady and them at towards the end of the year, they were clicking big time, man. And I think a part of that could be that offense. And now that they've had a full offseason together, second year in the offense, it could ignite something different. Yeah. I mean, tight ends are not super focal points of this offense in general. So I don't expect Gronk to be like a like a regular starter for your fantasy. But as a bye week replacement kind of guy um, or as a tight end, too, I think it's perfectly fine. 
When they're up by 30 in a bunch of games, he is not going to be playing. His helmet is going to be off next to Tom. Dude, if you get goal line, a lot of the times the tight ends have to play. They said they're in the goal line he, he is, formation. He is a, red, have he is to a red zone target for Tom Brady often. So, I mean. Free Cameron Bray. Yeah, and, and, and with those uh, type of red zone targets like that from Tom Brady, it's definitely worth a tight end too. Okay, so uh, how about defense special teams? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number six. Uh, That's criminally you know, low. Criminally low. What are you getting that from? This is from Fantasy Pros. All of these are from Fantasy Pros. PPR. Oh, holy shit, dude. No, that's way too low. My six? Six? They got I mean, us who do you have above them? What do you mean? They have us <laughs> as the, the sixth best defense, fantasy-wise? Six Sixth best fantasy defense, yeah. I think I mean, they're probably th- high as three. Can't be any lower than five. I mean, yeah, I would say, t- I mean, they're in the top five. For sure. For sure. Okay, so you guys are going to, you might spend like a more than just last round pick on this team if you have to take a defense. For sure. Especially because I think Darden's going to end up being the starting kick returner and punt returner. That's the I other mean, thing that, that people don't really consider in the defensive special teams is the special teams aspect of it. So teams like Kansas City, who aren't necessarily great defenses, but they have good returners, um, they have a chance to house it. Those are always good plays. Well, and what you started looking for, too, is the depth of the team. And that's because those are the guys who are playing the special teams. When you've got some badass dudes that are in your third string, second or third string, and you got some athletes out there, that's when you do spring punt returns for touchdowns, kick returns for touchdowns. I mean, these are the types of teams that do it. Look at the quarterbacks they're playing. They're all turnover prone. They play six games against Sam Darnold, Matt Ryan, and Jameis Winston. You know how many turnovers they're going to get in those six games alone? That's going to be insane amount of takeaways. Dude, yeah, Devin, Devin White and Levante David, me and his linebacker duo in the entire league, in my opinion. J- JPP and Shaq Barrett. Uh, the other thing that you want to target is um, it, it's always good to look for teams with good defensive lines. So these are the teams that they currently have. Okay, so this this section's actually got them as they've bumped up to number five, but teams going ahead of them, the Rams, who had the best defense last year, the Steelers, uh, the Ravens, Washington football team. Uh, they really like their defensive line, I guess. And then they have the Bucks. Also, Washington plays in a bad division, too. So. so I would have them right there. I mean, for me, it's Rams 1, Steelers 2. I think that's pretty definitive. But then between them and them and Washington, it's pretty close. Um, I think I may give a slight nod to to Tampa Bay there, but it's pretty close. I think I think they're I think both those teams are better than the Ravens. Yeah, but regardless, this is a definitely a team that's going to be rostered um, for for defense and special teams in fantasy. So um all right, I think that about covers it. Uh, just, just any- real, real, real quick. Um, just because Kurt hasn't been on many of these, do you have the do you have the Bucks winning the Super Bowl? Oh, of course, repeat back to back, baby, Champa Bay. That's why. That's why we got the nickname, homie. You know, we're Hockey Town too. Just so you know that, Yagenza. I just wanted to get you on record saying that they were going to win the Super Bowl. I, I think the Rams get there from the NFC. The Rams are my pick. Um, just the way they can pressure the quarterback is is uh, Brady's kryptonite. But uh, I think it's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal NFC Championship game between the Bucks and the Rams. 
Yeah, I mean, I truly believe that they can. They have the opportunity to go undefeated with the roster that they have. If everything clicks, you know, I told you guys, I fourteen and three is what I have them as. I do have them losing to the Rams just because I think the Rams will be ready, just coming off hot, ready to go with Matt Stafford. I think Aaron Donald has a big game, which he can just be a disruption no matter who you're putting on him. Um, but I do think that they have the chance to do it, and who who better to do it than Tom Brady? Just like I said on a podcast. The year prior, who better than Tom Brady to be the first quarterback to ever win NFC, AFC, or uh, Super Bowl in the NFC, AFC? First guy to ever win it in their home stadium. I mean, and he did it. I mean, why why not now? Yeah, the first one to win 17 regular season games. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me if it was Tom Brady at all. Well, why wouldn't it be? Newman, do you have do you have Tampa Bay winning at all? Um, I mean. I, I haven't actually picked my uh, my Super Bowl winner yet. Uh, I've I've not played that out through my head, um, but I mean they're definitely. I think I have them as winning the most games in the regular season, um, and the, the playoffs are such a crapshoot that anything could happen if you make it into the tournament. But I would say that the Bucks are probably the most likely team to win it, just given the, the roster that they have. I mean, let's let's talk about this roster for a second. Like, is is there a better roster in the league? No. Not, not not at all. And I, so, I think X Factor when it comes to the playoffs is going to be Joe Tryon. I'm telling you, that kid is going to be an animal in that offense or in that defense and being yeah. fresh coming off the bench. You got offensive tackles that are freaking dead in the water and he's coming off fresh, hasn't been in one snap. I, I think it's going to be a great rotation on the line. We've just done nothing but add depth there. And our pressure on the QB is going to be even greater than, than ever. The, the, the biggest the biggest thing that could sink this team and prevent them from winning a Super Bowl would be an injury to Brady, in my opinion. Um, you can say that about freaking any top team, though. Sure, some teams have some decent, like like the Bucks have Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert, if he needed to start a game or two at some point in the regular season, is capable of at least holding the fort and allowing the rest of the team to win. But, I mean, if if you're counting on Blaine Gabbert in the playoffs, that's trouble. Yeah, that's that, that's a fact. <laughs> There we Whereas go. You have Chiefs, it. The Chiefs have Chad Henney, man. So, oh man, well, it's, it's gonna, gonna be Rams Bills, and the Rams the Rams win it. So. Let's be let's be honest. We all know the sexiest backup in the entire NFL is Gardner Minshew. Oh, for sure. Let's, let's be real here, and we all know who's the real deal. I mean, the Bills have Trubisky. Dude, Maserati <laughs> Mitch looked good this past weekend. Maserati Mitch was dealing. Oh man, yeah. the, the, uh, that's too good. There's some other teams that have some interesting depth at quarterback. I mean, just look at some of the rookie quarterbacks that we have out there. So, but as yeah. we're two weeks away from football, can you believe that? Two weeks away from football. That and, is, I'm getting so pumped. We get to see your face in a too. week, man. We get to yes. see your face in a week. I will likely already be drunk and passed out by this time next week. But that just we'll means see we're going to fuck with you. Anyway, <laughs> see how uh, that goes. Thanks for listening. This this will conclude our division uh, preview series. We'll have some more stuff for you next week. And, uh, have a good night. Peace out, y'all. Later.